Well, tonight, once again, we don't have a specific text. So it's going to be from various passages in the Bible. And I'm closing the very short series of three sermons on Koram Deo. And tonight we're going to look at to the glory of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, Most High Lord of heaven and earth, Sovereign Creator of the universe, we bow before you, the eternal God, your justice is like the mighty mountains, like the majestic mountains, your glory above the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. We pray that you would now speak to us, O God, that we may lend an ear and give our hearts in humble submission to the word of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Kids Club, on Fridays and Saturdays, the very first question I taught them, question and answer is, who made you? And they all know God. Second question, why did God make you? And they say, to honor Him and to praise Him. Once more, why did God make you? To honor Him and to praise Him. That's exactly why God created us. Now, how do you live to the glory of God? On the next slide, we've got the church's new uh, emblem with the slogan or the logo and the motto, Coram Deo, Latin words that mean before the face of God. That's how we want to live. And then, it's written in Afrikaans, Unfortunately, but I'll translate. Before the face of God, under the authority of God, to the glory of God. So if we're going to live before the face of God, in the presence of God, all our life, and we're going to keep that in mind, then you must also live under His authority. And then you must also say, if I live under His authority, it's to the glory of God. My whole life. Thank you. You can go back. So how do you live to the glory of God? Well, what you don't do is you add nothing to God's intrinsic glory, to who God is in His glorious being. You can't add to that and make God more glorious than He is. He's perfect. But you can God make, or you can make God look better in the eyes of others. You can show the world and the lost the greatness and the splendor, the majesty, the brilliance, the brightness, the glory of God. In the way we live. Now how do you live that way? (laughs) Well this is is once again how you don't do it. Before I'm going to show you how we do do it. You don't do what you think will honor God. You don't do what pleases you and what you've thought up and say if I do this, this will glorify God. There was a man in the Bible. A very famous man. And his name was King David. And one day King David decided... It's a good idea to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem, or to Jerusalem. And King David, when they brought the ark to Jerusalem, they thought they can worship God in the way that pleases them. And so they put the ark, this golden box, 
on an ox cart, where God expressly said in the book of Numbers, you will not put that box or that ark on an ox cart. It will be carried on the shoulders of the Levites. And they thought they're smarter than God. They put it on the ox cart. The oxen stumbled. The ark started to totter. And Azar put out his hand to steady the ark so it wouldn't fall into the, the dirt, into the dust. And God struck him dead. So you cannot say, I will live to the glory of God in the way that I think is right. God tells us in his word what will honor him, what will glorify him. That's also one of the questions to the kids club. Where do we learn to honor and to praise God? And they all say in unison, in the Bible, God's word. Correct. So what does the Bible say? How should we honor God? Number one, I'm going to give you a number of commands. Number one. Hello, God's name. Heilich Chotzenam. Honor God's name. Reverence God's name. And when I say that we should regard God's name as holy, I don't mean like the Hebrew roots movement, where you have to say Hebrew names for God. That's not what I mean at all. What we mean by that is that you honor God's person. Because if we say, Honor God's name. God's name stands for who and what He is. So you honor God's being, the person of God. Glorify God. You honor Him as holy. Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we respect God's name. We fear God's name. In Philippians chapter 2, in verse 11, it says, Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 20, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. In Jude, verse 25, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling or from stumbling and present you faultless before his glory. That's in verse 24. Before his presence with great joy. And then it continues to the only wise God, our Savior. Be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. So we give glory to the Father. We give glory to the Son. Jesus said in John 5 verse 23, that all must honor the Son as they honor the Father. If we do not honor the Son, we do not honor the Father. We must glorify the Son of God. Peter writes in the very last verse of 2 Peter 3 verse 18. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, forever and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we glorify the Father, we glorify the Son, and we glorify the Holy Spirit. Well, did the Israelites glorify the Holy Spirit in the desert? They didn't. They rebelled against Him. They grieve the Holy Spirit, says Isaiah 63, verse 10. And then verse 14. Like cattle go down or livestock into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave the Israelites rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. So we glorify the Holy Spirit too. Like we honor the Father and the Son. If you only honor 
one or two of the persons of the Trinity, you dishonor God. If you glorify the Father more than the Son, you dishonor God. If you forget one of the persons of the Trinity, Chorus preached a whole sermon on that, and you only glorify the Father and the Son, but you completely forget about the Holy Spirit and almost ignore Him, then you dishonor God. God wants us to honor all three persons of the Trinity. Three persons, one God. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He himself said so in John 16, verse 14. The Father glorifies Jesus, and Jesus glorifies the Father. Father, glorify your Son that the Son may be glorified in you. Glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. John 17, verse 1. So we glorify Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus said to the Jews when they said he's got a demon. Jesus said, I honor my Father. I glorify my Father, but you dishonor me. The Son must be glorified like the Father, and so the Spirit be glorified like the Father and the Son. So how do you honor the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Thomas Watson says, honor the Father. Glorify the Father who gave you life. Glorify the Son who gave His life for you so you can be saved. And glorify the Holy Spirit who gives us new life, who makes us a new creation. So that is the reason God created you, right? God created you, so that is the whole purpose of your creation. In Afrikaans, this is your skippings do. God created you so that you would glorify Him. Isn't that why he made man in his own image? And he crowned him with glory and honor. It says in Psalm 8 verse 5. So that you can honor God and glorify him. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6. Paul says, There is one God, the Father. For us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. You exist. For God. You exist to the glory of God. You exist to honor God. Colossians 1 verse 16. It speaks of Jesus now as the creator. Through whom all things exist and for whom all things exist. Not only you but all of creation. Psalm 148. The whole song. Praise the Lord. O ye highest heavens. Waters above the heavens. The angels in the heights. The sun. The moon. The stars. Planets. Praise Him, all His creatures in the heavens. Praise Him, all His creatures on the earth. Praise Him, fruit trees. Praise Him, cedar trees. Praise Him, children. Praise Him, princes. Praise Him, old people. Praise Him, His people, Israel. Praise Him, mountains. Praise Him, all creation. Must praise God. Must honor God. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Will creation honor God and you won't? Isn't that so? That creation honors God but many people don't? Go to Isaiah 43 very quickly. Isaiah 43 verse 20 and 21. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, 
The people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. That is why God made you, to declare his praise. The animals honor God, verse 20. Shouldn't we do the same? Jeremiah 13, verse 11 says, God made us to be for him an honor and a praise, to be glory and glorify God. And yet it says that the people would not listen. They would not glorify God. Sean read for us Revelation chapter 4. And it says in verse 11, where all of all the heavenly beings bow before God and fall down in worship. And then we read Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and existed. And Revelation 5, verse 11, verse 12, verse 13 where all of heaven, angels, living creatures, 24 elders, and they all bow before God, and then the whole creation, and they give glory and honor to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb who was slain. Glory to the Father, glory to the Son, and obviously glory to the Holy Spirit. Will you honor your family before God like Eli, you, you put your children ahead of God. Eli put his children and honored his sons above the Lord. The Lord said, Eli, the priest, you honored your sons above me. You did not rebuke them when they sinned. And therefore the Lord will kill his children and wipe out the generation to come. So Eli's family would die out. Maybe you put money, you honor money before God, you honor your work before God, you honor sport before God, you honor recreation and relaxation and your own comfort before God. And how do I know people do that? Because they will very easily miss a worship service for all those things I mentioned. For my children, for my family, for my sport, for my money, for my work, for my whatever. That is called idolatry. That is called idolatry when you put your own work or whatever, you put it and esteem it above God. Romans 1 verse 23, they exchanged the glory of God. They exchanged created things for the glory of God. And created things, children are created things. And money is a created thing. And work is a created thing. And family is a created thing. And sport and recreation, all created things. And we exchange that for the glory of God. We swap that and we honor those things above God. And you rob God of the glory that belongs to Him alone. God will not give His glory to anyone. God will not share His glory. Isaiah 48 verse 11. So we cannot honor those things and set them above God. Like King Belshazzar in Daniel 5 verse 23 where Daniel rebuked the king and said, You have not glorified God who gave you breath. You've honored these gods of gold and silver and whatever else. You see, the only thing that keeps us from glorifying God is what? Suffering? Sickness? Difficult circumstances? None of those things have to stop you from honoring God. There's one thing and one thing only that stops us from glorifying God. This is also the kids' club. Romans 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
It is sin alone that stops us from glorifying God and that makes that the world sees us and looks at even people who call themselves Christians and see how we live. And if we do not obey God and we love sin or we turn to sin, then they blaspheme the name of God. Then that, that further dishonors the name of God. Yeshua preached that for us last Sunday night. You have profaned my name among the nations, says the Lord. Because of you, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. Romans 2 verse 24. So what we should do, if you, if you are sinning, if you are dishonoring God, then you should repent and you should do what Joshua said to Achan in Joshua 7 verse 40. Give glory to God. Confess your sin. Give glory to God. Repent of your sin. Do like King Nebuchadnezzar did in Daniel chapter 4. Daniel 4 verse 34 and verse 37. He was humbled for his pride. And after being humbled and then the Lord restored him. At the end of my days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. My reason returned to me. I blessed the Most High. I praised Him and honored Him who lives forever. 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. For all His works are right, His ways are just, and those who walk in pride is able to humble. I want to get your attention tonight. All the verses I read, you're going to hear the word glory, glorify, glorious, honor, praise, exalt, magnify. So do what Nebuchadnezzar did and honor God. Do what it says in Revelation 14, verse 7. Fear God and glorify Him. By fearing God, we honor Him. Do what it says in Revelation chapter 16, verse 9. Well, do the opposite. Because those people did not repent and give God glory. So how will you give God glory? By repenting and saying, I must turn away from sin. Otherwise, I do not glorify God. And we have the opportunity tonight, right? We've got the Lord's table. We've got the bread. We've got the wine. Honor God and fear God as we partake just now. And thank Him. And stand in awe of Him. And marvel at Him. And be in wonder at the glory and the beauty of God. According to Isaiah chapter 8. Verse 13. Isaiah 8 verse 13. This is what we should do. But the Lord of hosts. Him you shall honor as holy. Let Him be your fear. And let Him be your dread. Fear the Lord. Honor God as the Holy One as we come to the Lord's table. If you do not do so, then you dishonor God. If you partake in an unworthy manner, you dishonor God. John Calvin understood this. You know, John Calvin, there was a, a group of people in the church in, in Geneva, in Switzerland. This is the 1500s. They called themselves the Libertines. They said, we are free in Christ. Christ's grace is upon us. And because of the grace of Jesus, we are free to live our lives. And the communion of the saints, that also means we have everything in common, even our bodies and our wives. So they would be very sexually immoral. 
under the banner of grace. So it's grace. Christ has set us free. Now we can live as we please. And John Calvin excommunicated them. They were removed from the church as members. And they were banned from the Lord's table. And then they went to the city council to override what John Calvin had said in the church. And Calvin refused. He said, the government will not tell the church how to partake of the Lord's Supper. And so on that Sunday, it was very solemn and very quiet. And the Libertines marched in. And the city council marched in. The municipality, the mayor, they marched in. And Calvin preached the word of God. And he came down from the pulpit. And after they had sung the psalms and said the prayers, he came to the Lord's table. And this, these rebels marched forward. So they wanted to grab the bread and the wine. And John Calvin said, I would rather die a hundred deaths than the table of the Lord be profaned and mocked. The name of the Lord and the glory of the Lord be trashed and blasphemed. And he put his arms around the bread and the wine. And he said as they came forward, you can crush these hands. You can cut off these arms. You can kill this body. But you will never profane the holy table of God. And suddenly it's as if the majesty of God came among the people. And there was a total silence. And the enemies of God were defeated. And they partook with great reverence and awe in holiness of the table of the Lord, to eat the bread and drink the wine. That is how we should honor and hallow the name of God. That is how we should defend the honor of God and the glory of God when people blaspheme His name in our day and age. How often it happens. It's like, in, I think, a good example of this in the movie called Time Changer, a Christian movie. And this guy travels from 1890 in a time machine and he comes to the year 2001 and he's with a church group and they've got a movie night. And as they go to the movie night, they're in a theater, in a cinema. And this man runs out of the cinema and he runs to the people in charge there. He says, stop the movie, stop the movie. The man on the screen has blasphemed the name of the Lord. And you think that guy's crazy. That guy's right. Will we not stand up for the honor of our God and for His holy name? Or will you just continue watching the movie as they blaspheme the name of your Lord and God? And actually their God also, their Creator. And they curse the name of God. Hefzibah told me, I think it was at Veritas, but I'm not sure. But I remember she told me they watched the movie and they blasphemed the name of God. They cursed the name of God. And she said, I will not watch this. And they switched off the movie. Stand up for the honor of your Lord and your God. Seek God's honor. Do not seek your own honor. Not to us, O Lord. Not to us. But to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. Psalm 115, verse 1. It is not glorious to seek your own glory. Proverbs 25, verse 27. We preach not to please ourselves, but to please God who tests our hearts. We did not seek the glory of man, says Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 and verse 6. Daniel 4 verse 30, do not be like Nebuchadnezzar, where he stood on the palace, the royal palace, 
And he says in verse 30, Is this not great Babylon which I have built by my own mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Let us not be like Nebuchadnezzar and boast in ourselves. Maybe you won't say it aloud, but it's in our minds, it's in our hearts where we exalt ourselves like, like some kind of antichrist in Daniel chapter 11, whoever you think it might be. Verse 36 and verse 37, where he lifts up himself as a God and he seeks glory for himself. And that is the whole world today. You've even seen athletes, athletes when they win. It's all even pointing to themselves openly. It's all about me. It's all about me. Now, we might not do that, but do we not daydream about ourselves on center stage in the spotlight? It's all about us. And that is not Christian, and that is not how we should act. We should repent of that. We should be, as Thomas Watson says, like the silkworm who wraps himself in the silk to hide behind the silk. And so we should hide behind a spirit of humility so that God alone would be glorified. Like the Apostle Paul, I worked harder than all the apostles, he says, and that was true. I worked harder than all of them. And then immediately he adds, yet it was not I, but the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Or in Romans 15, I will not boast in anything I have accomplished, but only what Christ has accomplished through me. So we give glory to the Lord alone. And if we will not do so, then we will be like, like King Herod. Do you remember what happened to King Herod? King Herod stood up and the people shouted the voice of a God, not the voice of a man. And what did King Herod do? Did he silence them and say, I'm not a God? That's what Peter did in the previous or two chapters earlier when Cornelius bowed before him. He said, no, no, get up. I'm a man like you are, even an angel. In Revelation 19 and Revelation 22, when the apostle John bowed before the angel and wanted to worship him, he said, no, get up. I'm a servant like you are. Worship God alone. But when King Herod was worshipped as a God, he took the glory and honor for himself. And an angel of the Lord struck him down. And he was eaten by worms and died. And the text says why? Because he did not give glory to God. Number two. Remember why God saved you. You want to live to the glory of God. Remember why God saved you. Who of you have ever heard, and I guess some of you have, what Muslims believe about paradise? What's the great thing in paradise? They're going to have many women. Yeah. Mormons believe the same. Actually, there's a debate among Mormons. Some believe it, some don't. But many do. And even their founders, Joseph Smith, believed many wives in heaven. So that's the great reward, right? Well, no, because Jesus said, in heaven we do not marry. We will be like the angels. They do not marry, nor, are they, nor will we be given in marriage. Matthew 22, verse 30. God does not save you so you can have carnal pleasures, fleshly pleasures. God does not save you so you can have earthly pleasures. God does not even save you primarily so you can escape hell. Why does God save you? Well, you know what the answer is, is the theme of the message tonight. God saves us, Isaiah 43, maybe you can turn with a number of, to a number of verses, Isaiah 43 again, maybe you're still there, verse 7. 
Here's why God created you to be his own. Everyone who is called by my name, who, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Go to Isaiah chapter 60, 6, 0, 60, verse 21. Your people shall be all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. They will be called, chapter 61, verse 3, oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. John 15, verse 8, we know. What does the Father want us to do? By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so be my disciples. So bear fruit to the glory of God. Philippians 1 verse 11, Paul says, my prayer verse 9, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the praise and glory of God. That's why you do good works. That's why you bear good fruit. You were created to see the glory of God. Jesus prayed that, Father, I pray that those whom you have given me may, may be with me to see my glory. John 17 verse 24. Romans 11 verse 36 after 11 chapters of explaining the gospel, how we are saved, Paul ends it this way before he gets to practical stuff. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's why you're saved. To glorify the Lord. To glorify God. Romans 15 verse 9 to 11 Paul says, in verse 8, he says, Christ became a servant to save us. Why? Verse 9, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it's written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I'll sing to your name. Again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol Him. Why are you saved? Why did God bring the gospel to you? For the glory of His name. So that He would be honored. Whether I am at home with Jesus or away, we make it our aim to please Him. We live no longer for ourselves, but for Christ, who for our sakes died and was raised. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 9, and the end of verse 15. Ephesians 1, a whole lengthy, a lengthy section on salvation, verse 3 to 14. Why did God choose you? Why did Christ redeem you? Why did He predestine you for adoption as sons? Why were you sealed with the Holy Spirit? To the praise of His glorious grace. To the praise of His glory. To the praise of His glory. Again and again in those verses, verse 6, verse 12, verse 14. Philippians 3 verse 21, you will receive a glorified body like the glorious body of our Lord Jesus. Why? 
You are just the moon, you're not the sun. You just reflect the glory of Christ back to Him. That is why He saved us, for all these reasons. And actually just one reason. Let me ask you this, has God saved you? Let me ask you another question. Has God saved some of your family, some of your friends? If He has, what should you do? The Gentiles glorified the Lord. As many as were destined to eternal life believed and they praised the word of the Lord. Acts 13 verse 48. And you praise God for the salvation of those loved ones. They glorified God because of me, says Galatians 1.24. Paul says, when they heard I was saved, they glorified God. We praise Him. They glorified God when they heard that the Gentiles were saved. Acts 11 verse 18 and 21 verse 20. So that is what we do when we are saved. Now that you are saved, you must do it purposefully. Purposefully glorify God. Seek, how can I honor God? In all you do. This is another kids club verse. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do, we honor Him. Why did God save you? Why did He, why did he come into you by His Spirit? Not only so that your spirit can glorify Him and you say like the lady who worked with me, during my matric holidays. doesn't matter what you do with your body. That's just nothing. It's the spirit that matters. No, Tani. <laughs> you were bought with a price. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Therefore, glorify God with your body. You give your body as a living sacrifice. And do what is pleasing to God. Romans 14 verse 6 to 8. The one who observes a day observes in honor of the Lord. There you've got the word honor. The one who eats, eats even if you eat. In honor of the Lord. What abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. None of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Number three. If you want to live to the glory of God, this is very important. Well, the others were also, but I want to underline this. Be involved in the church. Now, since COVID and lockdowns, a number of churches have felt this and some churches have closed down because people have gotten used to online. Let's just do it online. I'll, I'll meet with Jesus online. Hmm, that's bad. That's really bad. I know there are some people who dearly and truly want to come, but they can't come due to illness or maybe old age. They can't be here. And I think in a case like that, then Christ will meet with you where you are, on the sickbed, and He will manifest His glory to you. Could the Apostle John be with the believers in the book of Revelation? No, he was on an island, stuck, prison. There he is, and what happens? He sees Jesus in His glory. Jesus comes to Him on the Lord's day. But if you can come, but you purposefully stay away. Yeah, it's like Jesus is another, he's an option. He's on a list somewhere and He's not at the top. And you do not come. You will miss the glory of God. 
You will miss the beauty of His splendor and His awesomeness and His holiness. You will not see that as you ought. Because Haggai, chapter 2, verse 7, he gives a prophecy of the new temple that will, will, will be built. And he says, the glory of the Lord will fill that temple. And we know ultimately that is fulfilled in Christ and in the church. Is the church not called, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 23, the, the churches which is the glory, which are the glory, that's the glory of Christ. It's the glory of the Lord. It's the glory of God. Paul prays with the, to the, for the Ephesians. And he prays that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened. So that they would know what is the hope to which he has called us. And what is his glorious inheritance in all the saints. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. You will see the glory of God by being involved in the church and being part of God's people. Here you will note that. So honor God in the church. How will we honor God in the church? By welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed us to the glory of God. Romans 15 verse 7. And when, I, when he says welcome one another, that means people with whom you have differences of opinion on gray areas. Things that aren't black and white in the Bible. That means welcoming people who are of a different nationality. And I want to rebuke us tonight and rebuke us as a church tonight. When we drink tea afterwards, I see people who are not of our culture and they stand alone. Because we've got our groups and we feel comfortable with our own culture. Listen, there's a new culture in Christ. And that is Christian culture. And so that means we would reach out also to those who aren't of our culture and embrace them and share the gospel if they're not saved and if they are saved, embrace them as brothers and sisters in the Lord, no matter what language they speak, what nationality they are, what tribe they are, or what skin color, or whether they're rich or whether they're poor. We welcome one another for the glory of God. And then he also says in verse 5, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God. So unity, that's how we glorify God. And remember, unity is in truth. Unity is in Christ. Another way we glorify God is by give, doing our best in the service of the Lord. I want to commend Nielsen Mariki. They find hymns for us every week. And they prepare for this music and the music team. And I don't know their hearts, but from what I see is they do their best in the service of the Lord. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 to 8. Last book of the Old Testament. A son honors his father, a servant his master. If I'm a father, where's my honor? If I'm a master, where's my fear, says the Lord of hosts. O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are lame and sick and so on, present that to your governor. Go and present that to the president. See if he's happy. But you, honor, you, you offer it to God. Give your best in the service of God. 
You use your gifts, says 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. How do you use the gifts? Those who speak, speak as those speaks. You speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. You speak the word of God, not your own words. Those who serve, you serve by the strength that God provides, so that in everything God may be glorified. So we use our gifts and we serve in the church to glorify God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 19. When we give to the poor, Paul says, we're going to carry this gift of grace as an act of grace that's being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord Himself and to show goodwill. You glorify God by giving to missions and by giving to poor believers. He who gives to the poor honors his maker. Proverbs 14 verse 31. You honor God by doing that. And then obviously by singing. By singing. Psalm 29. Maybe you want to turn there quickly with me. Psalm 29 verse 2. <coughs> Psalm 29 verse 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. 34, Psalm 34, verse 4. Or verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. That's what Neil sometimes does. You read a short verse from a psalm. Stand with us. Let us magnify the Lord. Psalm 66, verse 2. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Biblical singing, biblical praises focuses on God, not on a fuzzy and mushy feeling. You might as well have sung that to your girlfriend. There's a song that actually mocks modern worship, a lot of modern worship, singing. And the song is all about singing how I love you and how I feel close to you and how you embrace me. And at the end of the song it says, We forgot to mention Jesus. Might have well sung to your girlfriend or boyfriend. That is not biblical worship. Biblical worship is robust. Biblical worship is doctrinal. Biblical worship is truth. Deep theology. Strong meat. But... That is not enough. You can sing biblical words. You can sing deep theological truths to the Most High God. And it is displeasing to God. Because these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Let us not merely honor with lips, but with hearts. From the heart to sing the praises of God. And then you honor God from a thankful heart. Quirce gave a testimony. Does it not say, and you testify to that tonight, does it not say, call on me in the day of trouble, I will help you and you will glorify me. We must honor God. He who brings thanksgiving as his offering magnifies me, glorifies me. Psalm 50 verse 23. So don't be like the world, ungrateful, unthankful, complaining and moaning and groaning about everything. Moaning about the power, 
You know, we, we complain about the power surges and the power problems and the power cuts and the load shedding. When there is power and in your life till this point, when did you ever go on your knees and thank God that you have electricity? But then when there's no electricity, we complain. Should we not praise God and honor God and be thankful people and do everything without complaining? I'm not saying what ESCOM is doing is right or what the government is doing. I'm just saying as Christians, we should live thankful lives and honor God in the church. And not like that's a mark of unbelievers. Unbelievers. They did not honor Him or, or thank Him or honor Him as God. Romans 1 verse 21. Second last, number four. I think this is second last. Spread God's glory. So if you're going to live to His glory, spread God's glory. Peter gave me a sermon or suggested a sermon to me, commended it. I think last year somewhere. Ten shekels and a shirt. And the sermon is basically about this. Missions does not exist for the lost. Missions first and foremost exists for the glory of God. Missions exists because the nations do not give God His due. God created them and they will not glorify God and they will not honor God. They will worship idols. And missions exists so that we would go to the lost and tell them, You owe God glory and honor, but you have not done it. And then we share the good news of how they can be saved and forgiven. And that they would give God glory. So get a heart. When we say get a heart for missions, it is not first and foremost a heart for the lost. I'm not downplaying that at all. But I am saying first and foremost, it's having a heart for the glory of God. That God would be known in the earth. That God would be glorified and praised. Tell them about your King, your glorious King in His kingdom. Psalm 145 verse 12. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. We will tell them of this glorious kingdom. Why? Because we have a glorious King who has saved us out of darkness and brought us to His marvelous light to speak the excellencies of this God. To speak of His glory and tell of His majesty and greatness. And then the nations. Why do we tell them? So that these nations will praise God. The famous quote by John Piper, missions exists because worship doesn't. People do not worship God in the world. So we need to get to them to tell them, worship God, worship God. Let's run through a number of verses again. Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Verse 10. Forty-eight, ten. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches the ends of the earth. I wrote in my Bible, wherever God's name is known, people will praise Him. Evangelism precedes worship. Psalm 86, verse 9. <coughs> All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. That is why missions exist. Psalm 96, verse 3. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Verse 7 and 8. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. 
Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Isaiah 24. Jump there for a moment. Isaiah 24, verse 14 to 16. They lift up their voices. They sing for joy over the majesty. 24, verse 14. Over the majesty of the Lord, they shout from the west. Therefore, the east, in the east, give glory to the Lord. From east to west, give glory to the Lord. All nations, worship the Lord. In the islands of the sea, give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. From the ends of the earth, we hear songs of praise of glory to the righteous one. Glorify God. Glorify God. Glorify God. Isaiah 66, verse 19. Just the end of the very end of the verse. To the islands far away that have not heard my fame or seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the nations. There's missions. Declare God's glory among the nations. God-centered missions, not man-centered missions. And spread it also through a, through a holy life. The way we live as Christians must show the world the glory of God. Let your good works be seen, or let your good works be done before men that they may see. Or let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Give glory to God. So pray. Pray that God would save the nations. I think we had three prayers this evening in the prayer meeting. People that prayed for missions and prayed for the nations, or whether it was it this morning. But pray that God would save the nations. Pray that God would reclaim backsliders, bring people back who have backslidden believers. Why? Not because they deserve it, but so that the glory of God may be seen. To the glory of God. Psalm 23, where it says, You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. God, atone for our sins. Forgive our sins for your name's sake. Psalm 79, verse 9. For your honor, O Lord, for your glory. Psalm 106, verse 8. I'm just going to uh, go quickly. Psalm 106, verse 8. God, save them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Isaiah 43, verse 25. He will blot out their sins for his name's sake. For his glory, for his honor. Psalm 48, verse 9. Uh, not Psalm, Isaiah 48, verse 9. For my name's sake I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Verse 11. For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. I do it. For how shall, should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. God forgives you. God brings backsliders back to himself for his name's sake. So that he would be honored. He would be glorified. Again, Yusha's text last Sunday. Ezekiel 36 verse 22. Not for your sake, but for my own sake, for my name that has been profaned, I will remove the heart of stone and so on. Give you a heart of flesh. For the glory of God, that he would be honored. Daniel even prayed that, Lord, please forgive your people. Take us back to Jerusalem. Rebuild the city for your name's sake, O God. Daniel 9. You can go and read that. Romans 1 verse 9. To bring the nations to the obedience of faith for the sake of His name. Isn't that what we sing that song? For the sake of His name. 
That God would be honored in all the earth. My little children, your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. 1 John 2 verse 12. Revelation 15 verse 3 and 4. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who shall not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? Lastly, number five, magnify God's glory above all. George Whitfield understood this. George Whitfield was a preacher in England in the 1700s, and he said these words Let my name be forgotten. Let me be trodden under the feet of all men, if Jesus may thereby be glorified. Let my name die everywhere. Let even my friends forget me, if by that means the cause of the blessed Christ may be promoted. What is John Calvin? What is Martin Luther? Let us look above names and parties. Let Jesus be our all in all, so that he be preached. I do not care who is the most important. I know my place. I am a servant of all. I do not want people to be called after my name. End quote. He's right. He followed the example of his Lord and Master, Jesus, who is God. Jesus who deserves all the glory. And yet even Jesus said, I will set the glory of my Father above all. Where Jesus said, I care not about my life. Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy name. Jesus would die for our sins so that the glory could be the Lord's. He even said to Peter, Peter, you follow that example. He showed by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. John 21 verse 19. The Apostle Paul followed thee in the footsteps of Jesus. I do not care about my life. I do not account my life as anything. I do not account any or, or add any worth to it. All I want to do is complete the mission Christ has given me. I want to glorify my Savior. I want to bring sinners to the Savior. That they can see how marvelous He is, how great He is. Whether, whether, whether by death or my, by, by life, I want to honor God in my body and with my body. Philippians 1 verse 20. And like those martyrs in Revelation 12 verse 11, they did not account their lives as anything. They, they did not count their lives as more worthy than the glory of God. They'd rather die and do anything if God may be glorified by it. And let us do the same. Let us honor our King. Let us honor our God forever. As 1 Chronicles 29 says, a prayer of David. I just want to read that to you quickly, and I'm almost done. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. David says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. All the glory belongs to God and to God alone. To Him be the glory forever and ever, says Galatians 1 verse 5. And if you do not honor God, God will curse you. God will curse you. You will be cursed. It says in Malachi chapter 2 verse 2, when the Israelites would not honor God and would not glorify Him. I read, He's talking to the priest. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you. I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. And you will not see the glory of God for all eternity. 
When Jesus returns, they will suffer away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of His might. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 9. I don't mean by, when I say that, I don't mean, oh, if you try, just, you just try hard enough to glorify God, you'll get to heaven. I remember sharing the gospel with a man. I said, are you going to heaven? He said, yes. I said, why? He says, because everything I do, I try to glorify God. And that man wasn't saved. Salvation is not by trying harder. Salvation is because God became a man, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ lived the perfect life to the glory of God. John 17 verse 4. Father, I have glorified you on earth. That's why you saved. By trusting in that Jesus who lived the perfect life. And if you trust in that Jesus, in his life, death and resurrection, and in his person who he is, then the Father will give the perfect righteousness of Jesus. He will copy and paste, if I may say it like that, and put it to your account. And you will be clothed in the righteousness of God, in the righteousness of Christ. And that will give glory to God more than any good works. You see, if you were saved by good works, who would get the glory? You. But if you're saved by Christ alone and by His perfect God-glorifying life and death and resurrection, who gets the glory? Soli Deo Gloria. Glory to God alone. Make that your motto. Make that your life's motto. Coram Deo. To live before the face of God, under the authority of God, to the glory of God. Make that your motto, soli Deo gloria, to the glory of God alone. John Calvin did that in his ministry. His whole mission in ministry said, I want to put the glory of God on display through the preaching of the gospel. In his final will and testament he wrote, I've always faithfully propounded I've always faithfully propounded what I esteem to be to the glory of God. And may we say the same. That is why he exists right. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Let us pray and now to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen.